0: Welcome to week seven of the left coasters podcast. My name is Tony Cavallo and I'm with Matt D'Angelo Antonio and Brian Balzarini, and we are here to break down the NFL week six that just passed us by along with uh, following our new favorite team the Los Angeles Rams who had had a tough week this week guys tough week. Wasn't wasn't the wasn't what we hoped for? But we'll get to them in a bit.
1: No, it wasn't what we hoped for. Did see some things that I liked though. A couple absolutely. of uh, bright spots on the offense, um, but ultimately I think the game falls on the defense, and we'll get into this a little bit more. Would later, you call but, it improvement,
2: um, though? I
1: offensively, I would absolutely call it an improvement. Save for the uh, save for the game sealing interception that Case Keenum threw in the end, he actually looked like an NFL quarterback making NFL throws, and it certainly helped that Kenny Britt had a career day for him. Um, but definitely a lot to improve on. And, uh, you know, obviously late turno- turnovers are not going to get you wins in the long run. So.
0: And we will hit on Case Keenum in our Ram section as we will be spotlighting Case today. First, we're having our recap section along with our gravestone picks. And then, of course, we'll end our session with the uh, NFL picks for week seven. But first, before we uh, move forward on this recap, guys, what uh,
2: stuck out to the most at week six, Brian? The caliber of quarterback and wide receiver relationships come out in this week.
0: Yeah, absolutely. These teams, especially with the young quarterbacks, are starting to like gel together. You yeah, because I mean? when you
2: watch the highlights this week, I, I saw nothing but incredible catches after incredible catches in clutch times. You know those contested balls, in which the wide receiver comes down with it in, in clutch plays. So I thought that was that was one thing that stood out to me. Absolutely, Houston
0: had one with Brock Osweiler on Sunday night to C.J. Fedorowicz, I mm-hmm. think is his name, the tight yes, end. Sir. And Chris Collinsworth said he had a, a quarter of a second to fit that ball in there, and he threw it at the exact right time. Fedora's made a hell of a catch. They won the game somehow. Poor Indy. Dangles, what stuck out to you, bud?
1: I like when I get surprised by games that are supposed to stink <laughs> that end up being really good And this week we had a lot of games yeah. That were supposed to be terrible That ended up being really good The Browns only lost to the Titans by two points In a game that really did come down to the very last drive uh, You also um, had the Giants winning by four points God, that um, game. The Lions right. won by three points On a last minute uh, interception The Seahawks won on a last minute uh, call, miss in call In my opinion by the referees the on, ab- Julio, on Julio Jones uh, Chargers beating the Broncos by a touchdown lots of close games uh, the Houston uh, Colts game on uh, Sunday night Came the, down uh, went wire. down into overtime yeah. before uh, before we had a winner there so I think I-, I was surprised by the amount of parody that there was this week granted you did have the Bills blowing the Niners out and the Steelers won big the Patriots won big so you did have a couple of teams walking away with two plus touchdown wins but a lot of parody to be to be had this week for everyone in the NFL um, and I just really enjoyed watching the games this Sunday there's a lot of good football play
2: and did To add to everything, I think you also saw a good interdivisional play. Oh, absolutely. I think when you saw the Chargers and the Broncos, the Redskins and the Eagles, whether they had momentum going into the games, they performed well against their interdivisional rivals, and now you're seeing those matchups really count this time of year. So I thought that was very impressive. Speaking of divisions, I want to touch on this real fast because we have one division that's standing above the rest,
0: and it's the division that beat my Green Bay Packers and beat a lot of people this week, and it's the NFC East. The NFC East together— is eleven and four against all other teams. That's we, pretty damn impressive at this impressive. point in the season. The worst team in the NFC record-wise is the New York Giants at three and three, which is only five hundred. In the only, NFC East, you in mean. the NFC East, yeah, they're three and three, and they're only two games out of that division. Dallas Cowboys sit at five and one. Washington has won four and two, won four games in a row, and Philly, after being three and zero, oh, has lost three and two. Lastly, to these Washington Redskins, and sit at three and two in third place. Guys, I'm gonna pitch to you guys. Who's going to come out on top in this division? And do we see two teams come out of this division for the playoffs?
2: I think you do see two teams. I think you see the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants. The Giants, huh? Absolutely. Well, when your bottom feeder is five you you're saying something about that division. Absolutely. But, but the reason why I say the Giants is I'm looking at their their schedule as we speak. They play the Rams this week. Uh-huh. They play the Eagles the following, the Bengals, the Bears, the Browns. Oh, Wow. The Steelers, who could be without Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, we don't know when he's coming back. Cowboys, who they always play well. The Lions, who as much as I love, they're 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 not good, you know. Oh. Uh, the Eagles, and then the Redskins. So you're looking at a at, at a schedule right there that is manageable for the Ugh. New York Giants. Unfortunately, I hate the Giants. Nobody has a better schedule than the New York Giants moving
0: forward. There would nothing make me more angry, Dangles. What are you thinking?
1: Well, I disagree that there are going to be two teams coming out of the NFC. So I just really, don't see, I just don't see it as that strong a division. Plus, when you look at some of the other when you look at some of the other divisions that. That, that you Somebody's know, coming out of the be, South or the West? That we could be talking about. Somebody's coming out of the South uh, or out of the... Uh, well, I mean, look, you know... Arizona could turn their season around very easily. Very not a very team true. It's not a team that I'm ready to put out of the question just yet. If they continue to string together some wins, they look strong on Monday night against the Jets. Granted, it is the Jets. The team I would give the most chance for that to is Philadelphia. I just I don't, really? think, I wow, don't think the really? New York Giants are consistent enough this year. Yeah. Eli Manning is such a Jekyll and Hyde quarterback. You never really know which version of him you're going to get. And Odell Beckham Jr. up to this past game where he had a career high, I think it was 222 yards that he caught in two touchdowns. Touchdowns on Sunday, finally coming out for the first time, but six weeks into the season and your star receiver, a guy who's supposed to be like up there in the top five leading the NFL and re- receiving yards and catches, and he's barely been a blip on your offensive radar all season long. I, I think there are opportunities for teams like Arizona. Even Los Angeles potentially uh, to come out, and and in the NFC North, don't count Green Bay out just yet either. They uh, had a rough day on Sunday against uh, Dallas. I, I definitely I think, still Green think Bay is in the talks. I still think they're Absolutely. a playoff team. So just given the others, the other divisions. I I just I just don't see the 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 NFC East getting the the wild card there. I will say
0: Washington is somehow beating those teams that they need to beat the Baltimore's of the world and the Philadelphia Eagles of the world. They're somehow pulling these games out of their ass. And these four teams, eleven and four against all the teams, also only one of them has a negative point differential, which is usually the telltale sign of whether you're a good team or a bad team. The Giants are minus fifteen. Everyone else is either even or above. Philly and Dallas are above fifty points net points. So. That looks to be a team that's going to be strong all a division that's going to be strong all year.
2: And think about it like this: they they're at five hundred with a negative yeah. fifteen differential. That's not yeah. Quick note on the Philadelphia Eagles: when you look at their their schedule, this is terror. They play the Vikings this week, the Cowboys, the Giants, the Falcons, the Seahawks, the Packers. That's tough. The Bengals. That's tough. That I, Redskins. Baltimore, New New York, and Dallas to finish the season. That's a tough middle stretch right there. Especially when your defense is falling apart in the middle of the season. And your
0: buy has already happened.
2: Yes. So I I don't know if the Philadelphia Eagles have enough in their tank. They've done a great job thus far. We'll see what uh, Carson
0: Wentz can do. Uh, Moving on. Uh, I do want to point out something that happened this week. The NFL released a new social media policy. And they have banned teams from tweeting out and putting out on Facebook highlights of games on game day, meaning if when Odell Beckham scores that 75-yard touchdown to win them the game, the actual New York Giant Twitter cannot tweet a highlight of the video. Cleveland and Philadelphia made a mockery of this, doing a little Tecmo Bowl video recap of some of the highlights of the games. Where do you guys stand on the NFL taking another step in the direction of the No Fun League?
1: I mean, you're not gonna find a fan of Roger Cadell and me as a Patriots fan. <laughs> yeah. Um, but beyond that, I, I even if I wasn't a fan of the Patriots, I would still hate Roger Cadell because he really is making it into the this into the no fun league. I mean, when you, you when you look at how hard they've cracked down on on celebrations and the fines the players are getting for those fines that players are getting for uh, you know wearing cleats so Antonio Brown this past week I'm pretty sure wore cleats to honor Jose Fernandez the Marlins pitcher who died in a, a tragic boating accident um, recently and um, he's gonna get fined for that D'Angelo Williams last year wanted to wear pink uh, to, to his celebrate mother. his mother who either has or died of breast cancer I'm not sure which but it's deeply impacted his life and and they find him for that. The, because the, it's not in the month of the October where they make extra money off of it. The commissioner in this league have shown exactly zero care for, A, what the players want. The players aren't allowed to be individuals in this league. You have to be a robotic, soulless crony, essentially, to play in the NFL these days. And honestly, I was thinking about it earlier today. If we really want to change as fans in the NFL... We'd stop watching. Well, that's as a the large, thing. as a, lar- a large, people would just stop watching. And I know that's, their ratings are down. The ratings are down ratings this year, more than, are down, than ever But before. that also has to do, I think, with the
2: election. But and the fact pe- people that people have been of-
0: saying the election, the election, there's been two debates. Like you can't tell me that the election coverage, people are watching that over the NFL. I think it's another problem there. Uh, Bri.
2: You know, I am not going to speculate as to why their ratings are down. I mean, I can make a lot of assumptions. Maybe it's the the fact that there are no major players right now who are just taking this game over. It's it's there's no sexy player right now that they can talk about. Remember Cam Newton last year was their poster child and in, ta- in what He was for-
1: having more fun playing football last year than anyone I think I've ever seen the game. Absolutely, that's of my point. And we don't have that this that's, year. we don't You're have right. that this year. Then, then right. I think
2: that's the issue. I think there's no player right now taking that over like Cam Newton was able to to do but also problem is they're making too much money that's the thing that's the thing money drives this league our
0: generation right now that that worst word in all of webster dictionary that millennial generation does use social media to get their highlights, to get their information, yeah. to, to watch on Sunday. They, w- they watch a TV show and they also watch Twitter at the same time. When you take yourself away from that, the MLB has been doing this for years and has suffered because of it. Mm-hmm. When you take yourself away from that social media interaction because it doesn't draw the numbers to your advertisers, you are taking away a generation of viewers.
2: But the question I have is, are we going to be talking about this next week? Or the week after, or the week after, if they keep doing it, I no, believe so. No, because it's
1: just like any minor change like this within the NFL. It's like you know, it's like when Facebook uh, uh, changes up its design, people bitch for a week, and it's a big topic of discussion, and then eventually you get used and to that's, it. And that's and what it they're it becomes, counting on. It becomes, uh, you know, the past. I mean, so the, the social media policy, I can see that probably uh, fading away. The celebrations, the getting fined that's for wearing equipment and that kind of stuff, that's an issue that I sincerely hope the players' union like on a formal level. Takes up and pushes back against the NFL.
0: So moving on, we have a uh, email from our listener Pat from Denver. Thank you, Pat from Denver. Love for the email. Thanks, Pat. He has a great email. He wants us to do a marry, fuck, kill of all the NFL broadcasters. So this is Ooh. anyone on NFL Sunday who sits in the booth and wow. tells you the game as you watch watching so it. So many to Love from, them, hate them, fun. fuck them. See, I'm a we-
1: broadcast journalist by trade, so this is this is going to be even exactly. More, so even we're more enjoyable. We're going to go
0: right to you, Diggity Ooh, Dangles. Man, marry, fuck, make kill, and NFL broadcast. Okay,
1: well, um, the my Mary is easy, and it's Kevin Harlan.
0: Oh, um, yeah, that's a good one. If you don't
1: know Kevin Harlan, he calls radio games on Westwood One. He's also known for his NBA calls. You might know him if you play the NBA 2K franchise. He is the uh, He's the announcer. voice of that. He is the announcer on the NBA 2K franchise, but he also does TV and radio games. You'll hear him on Westwood One on Sundays. And man, he just... His voice is like velvet mixed with peanut butter. It's just like... <laughs> it's just so smooth, oh, oh. and he's got I this felt that great... A couple of weeks ago, I think it was during a Niners game, where there was a streaker on the field. And Harlan calls the streaker. He's running up was the sideline. Yeah, now they're chasing after him. him. Yeah. He's running away. But and he's calling this play by play and it was masterful. So I'm going to uh, Mary Kevin Harlan uh for my NFL broadcaster. Uh I'm going to fuck Chris Collinsworth uh who's on these Sunday night nice. uh, NFL broadcasts with Al Michaels. I love Chris he's so Collinsworth. Good. He's so great at breaking down the game. I love Color guys who can make me understand because I mean I watch football I like to, I know some packages I know defensive formations I can read a cover two when I see it on the field but Chris Collinsworth is so great at taking complicated things from the field and making them digestible for me mm-hmm. and I love that in a broadcaster. And who are you killing? Kill uh, John Gruden from ESPN. Really? On, uh, on Monday night I cannot stand John Gruden. Wow. He's wow. He's tired. He's a blowhard. Wow. He says the same shit week after week. None of it's new. None of it's interesting like we get it you coach tampa bay in 2002 you won a super bowl
2: and you probably shouldn't have
0: all right braga what we got mary fuck kill
2: uh mary i'm actually gonna go with mike mayock
0: yeah i love mike mayock
2: i got introduced to mike mayock through the draft process and i realized very quickly this guy knows what he's talking about there isn't a single person who knows more about pedigree than possibly john gruden so this guy talks about football player uh, starting in high school so yeah. you know sometimes but talking about their college career and and, and knowing the very, uh, tidbits of who this person is And I find that appealing He can do the X's and O's and things like that and I, I think he nails that too But I think I love his intensity In terms of knowing somebody
0: I wish he was on uh, in the broadcast booth more He used to do the Thursday night games Back when the yep. NFL Network were the only ones hosting him And those games were great He uh, dove into a game and broke it down Easier and faster than anyone and I knew he
2: gets excited quicker than he anybody absolutely does. He gets into it and, yeah. I, and it makes me excited My fuck is Chris Spielman and for those of you who don't know Chris Spielman, Chris Spielman was a linebacker for the Detroit Lions, and he started off in college football of course several you go years ago. Detroit Lions. Well, yeah, true, but he, you know, he's also a Buckeye. He's an Ohio State Buckeye. I'm not a fan of the Ohio State Buckeyes. But <laughs> one thing that Chris Spielman does, and, he, and if anybody watched the um, online, especially the um, Detroit uh, and Rams broadcast this week, one thing Chris Spielman does, uh, whereas Mike Mack does a lot of the wide receivers, um, uh, Collinsworth does a lot of the receivers and the quarterback no, interactions. He was a wide out, yeah. Spielman does the linemen. He will he oh, will he will dissect guy. pulling guards better than any human being you will ever meet, and that is one phase of the game most people, especially as as audience members, we don't get enough of. Skate over S- completely. Yeah. Absolutely. So when he, he will he will go. Did you see that guard? Did you see that defensive end? Did you see that tackle do that? I mean, so I I do appreciate it from that standpoint. Um, and you'll see more of him. I gu- I guarantee you you will. He's see He's an up and comer. Yes. Up-and-comer. Who are you killing then? I'm killing Joe Buck, man. You don't like Joe? Well. I don't like Joe either. You it's, don't like Joe? His no. arrogance is awful to me. <laughs> I, I find he brings more into the booth uh a, that isn't football than anybody else. Really? Yeah, he tries to kiss Troy Aikman's ass and I <laughs> and I don't like it. because um, he's typically with 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 Troy, Troy all the time. Especially on, I mean almost every Dallas broadcast. I I don't have an issue with Dallas, but when I start listening to Joe Buck and I and I will turn it off. Joe Buck just finds a way to suck the fun out of football wow. for me. Wow. Okay. Um, but I'll, I'll sit
0: here. I'll give my Mary Fuck Hill for NFL broadcast because you guys didn't touch any of these. I'm marrying Al Michaels. There's no better voice in the game. Al Michaels, my favorite part about Al Michaels is the fact that at the end of the game, when it's a 20 point deficit and there's nothing to talk about, he'll sit there and start to talk about the gambling lines very. Under his breath <laughs> Like he won't come Right out and say What the spread is But he'll give you Little notes to say That the spread is Pretty close right here Guys
2: I've heard he's not A very nice person yeah, okay. I've heard this as well
0: Okay well I'm gonna Marry Al Michaels I'm gonna fuck Sean McDonough His first uh, season In Monday Night Football I think he's doing A great job He is a Cuse homie And I love him I've loved him Ever since he was The Red Sox broadcaster Way back when oh, He was uh, great As the Sox broadcaster he was awesome. And I
1: love him On college basketball he's If you ever great. get a chance Especially to hear him Call a Cuse game oh, He's great He's so awesome And his,
0: his, his orange seeps through, but I do love Sean McDonough. I think he's doing a really good job with Gruden. I think they play off of each other well. Gruden's more of a clown, and Sean McDonough's more of a scientist back there. I think it works out. I'm gonna kill Phil Sims. Good, there is please. no one I... Dislike hearing more. I don't like the sound of his voice anymore. I think he's a bumbling idiot. I think he's a guy who skated by, got lucky when he was playing football. I haven't seen enough of
2: him or heard enough of him. I think he skated
0: into a job. I don't think he's. I don't think he's an intelligent man back there. I don't think he makes good
2: games. I do on occasion, but I think also he's he's, pretty, he's primarily an AFC he's in the guy, right? With, uh, him no, and Jim Nance. He, and, yeah, he's in with Jim Nance and on Jim, Thursday night games. I don't typically games, watch yeah. AFC, but I, and, I've, I've obviously heard him. But. And
0: Jim Nance puts you to sleep with his golf voice, and then Phil Sims just says the stupidest shit over and over again, so I'm killing Phil. Thank you again, Pat, for your question. Again, listeners of the Left Coasters out there, you can email us any questions or anything you want us to talk about to uh, theleftcoasters at com. That's theleftcoasters at com. We also have an Instagram, at the Left Coasters. You can see all the pictures we've been putting up on there. At the Left Coasters podcast. At the Left Coasters podcast on Instagram. Must remember that. And uh, yeah, thank you again, Pat, for the email. But now we're going to move on to everyone's new favorite game. Gravestones. Again, we Gravestones. have the Death Pool of Ch- Chicago, Jacksonville, San Fran, Miami, Cleveland, and the New York Jets. Those are teams that we know are not making the playoffs this year. We did have a couple of wins We've Collectively this group. chosen these teams. Collectively chosen that these teams will not make the playoffs they Did have a couple of wins, but guys, we're not fearing they're not making the playoffs. Now, from now on, every week we're going to choose a new team for us to give a gravestone to and kill. Last week, Dangles and Brian both gave the, their gravestone to the Indianapolis Colts, who almost beats. Houston on Sunday night should have beat Houston on Sunday night. I gave my gravestone to the San Diego Chargers, who did beat one of the best teams in the AFC currently, the Denver Broncos. I'm still not fearing that gravestone. If San Diego does make the playoffs, I do not get a point for that team making the playoffs. That's how we uh, grade the game at the end. Now we're going to go around. We're going to start with you, Brad Guy. Here we go. Which team in this week, the seventh week of the NFL season, has passed away?
2: I'm done giving them the benefit of the doubt, and that is the Carolina Panthers at 1-5. Boom. There isn't any other team right now we would be okay with, with that record, if they hadn't done what they did last year. Absolutely. So um, you might say, hey, with Cam Newton, there's a chance, and they might do something different, but that was one game. That was one game. So how do you make excuses for the other four? It's terrible, and I'm going
0: to agree with you. I'm giving my gravestone as well on this day, uh, on this week. It's tough, man. I, Carolina I, Panthers. I mean, from NFC champs to 1 and 1-5, 15-1 and, and now 1-5, and, and and these are problems that I don't care what the stats are of what 1-5 teams have ever made the playoffs. Carolina, if they had any resemblance of that 15-1 and team, I would think that Carolina could turn it around and make a playoff run. You know,
1: I thought long and hard about the Panthers this week myself um, because they're 1-5 and, and because they're returned to the Super Bowl at this point. I have to give my gravestone to the New York Giants. Whoa.
0: Wow. They Do you just hear that, won. Alex? They just won. That, Alex?
1: They just won against the Ravens, yes, and it was a good win for them. They move on. We get the Rams next week, and we'll in be London. talking about that game in London. Uh, then Eagles in New York, Bengals in New York, Bears in New York, Browns in Cleveland, Steelers. Don't, don't for what, terrible you, for you Give me a second. Okay. Steelers in Pittsburgh, Cowboys in New York, Lions in New York, Eagles in Philly, Redskins in Washington. Those last four games are losses, every single one of them. Wait a minute. Say every single one of the last Those four, four games: Cowboys, Giants, Lions, Giants, Eagles, Giants. Redskins Giants they're not there's two home and two away they lose to, to Dallas they lose to Detroit they lose to wow. Philadelphia and
2: they lose to Washington wow. I'm a Lions fan and I'm not wow. ready to say they're gonna they're gonna lose to the
1: Lions. I just I don't there's it's just it's not there for me this year it may come back to bite me in the rear end but um I may be right in rubbing your faces in and it speaking, later on this uh speaking of this Giants year. fan yeah.
0: uh, Alche made his voice heard he sent his gravestone in he wanted us to uh kill the Philadelphia Eagles this week
2: which isn't a surprise coming from a New York Giants fan. Yeah, you know,
0: I don't think Phillies did quite yet, but uh, yeah. But, they, but
2: to his credit, though, they they do look they do look vulnerable with that defense. They don't. They, they don't look, look like they did. They don't points. look like they
0: did. And uh, that's the recap for Week Six. And here we go, and moving on to the Rams in Week Seven. Ram it, baby. <laughs>
1: It's time for our uh, weekly segment take two here on the Left Coasters podcast. Tony Cavallo, Brian Balzarini, I'm Matt D'Angelo Antonio. Uh, This is the time of the show every week where uh, one of us takes a moment to uh, sort of spotlight our team a little bit talk about things we like to see things we don't like to see um you know maybe it's a rant maybe it's a feel-good story uh this week i anticipate a rant um after uh what was a much more embarrassing than the score should suggest loss on sunday 30 to 16 against the dallas cowboys uh the green bay packers and their dysfunctional offense now need to decide how in the hell they're going to write the ship this season in an nfc north that is looking pretty contentious as we uh move on to week Six, seven in the NFL this coming week so Tony um, I'm interested to hear sort of after watching and I watched the game with you on Sunday yeah. and I got to watch the ups and well mostly the downs yeah. of, of that football game um, so, so I'm going to turn it over to you for this week's take two Tony.
0: Well dangles I hate to uh, throw a curveball to the listeners but I don't want to tell them what they've already heard before Green Bay lost that game to Dallas because of Mike McCarthy's crappy play calling and that's about it what I will tell the left coasters and uh, those listening at home is how I became a Green Bay Packers fan because I grew up in Boston, Massachusetts, and I grew up around the time where the Patriots really hit it big, where every man, woman, and child had a Patriots jersey, a pink hat Tom Brady jersey, whatever they could. The Patriots are the hottest things in the streets, yet I still, and still am, stayed true to the Green Bay Packers, and why? It started when I was young. The first Super Bowl I ever watched, the first time I even remember watching football, was the year that the Packers and the Patriots played in the Super Bowl. And this was big because my father has had season tickets to the Patriots longer than I've been alive. Still goes to every game he can to this day. And that day, he stayed home with his 7-year-old son to watch the Super Bowl with his son versus flying with his brother to New Orleans to actually go to the Super Bowl live versus going out with his buddies and watching the Super Bowl at some bar somewhere. He stayed home with his son who didn't really know football but wanted to watch it with him. The Packers were winning by so much that my dad kicked me out at the end of halftime to go watch it with my mother upstairs because I was asking too many questions on how the game was played. What, what put him over the edge was the beginning of the second half, Desmond Howard returned to kickoff for a touchdown. And I asked my dad, is that worth seven, two? And he said, go watch it with your mother upstairs. That was the end of that. So from the beginning, I remember the Packers being a winning team and following them. And then I also used to go over my grandmother's house at that age to sleep over there a lot. And, uh, my uncle lived in the basement, which back then I thought was the coolest thing in the world. And he also had an N64, which was the coolest thing in the world. And the only game he ever had that was multiplayer was NFL QB Club 98. But my Uncle Joe, he would only play with the Patriots. That was the only team I really, really knew. He would play with the Patriots and force me to play with someone else. But who was on the cover of that game? Mr. It was Brett, Brett Favre. Favre, wasn't it? Yeah. Mr. Right. Mr. Brett Favre. wasn't Desmond Howard? No, it wasn't Desmond Howard. So I, no, Howard. So I used to play... With the, uh, with the Green Bay Packers against his Patriots, and he would kick my ass, but I would learn the game of football and the names of the players through a video game, because back then they still had the names and numbers on the jerseys and became a Green Bay fan through that, and then, of course, became the football fan that I am today due to a video game and due to a, a well-timed Super Bowl as at a young, impressionable age. So that's really... I don't know why I'm still a fan. I really don't. After watching the debacle on Sunday, it really hurts to be a fan of this fat team. But... That's my team. And I've stuck with them through thick and thin, and I will through for the rest of my life. So go, Pat, go.
1: We'll be doing this Take Two segment every week. Um, maybe one of these weeks I'll have a reason to complain about the Patriots. Hopefully not, though. I Doubtful. mean, that, that is one of the things that I like most you know, about we can complain being about. a fan of this team. One thing we can complain about, however, is our Los Angeles Rams, and they certainly gave us plenty to complain about this past weekend. And we're going to get to that uh, coming up uh, next in our segment. Uh, Rams recap. We'll also spotlight our, uh, our fearless quarterback leader, Case Keenum and uh, look ahead to next week's tilt in London against the New York football giants. It's all head on the left coasters. Don't go anywhere. Well, guys, two weeks ago, I started off our Rams uh, recap segment by saying, can you believe it? Three and one sitting atop the (laughs) NFC West. Who would have thunk it? Four weeks into the season, the Rams leading the NFC West. And now here we are in a little bit more familiar territory, uh, sitting at 3-3 three and three on the season after a 31-28 loss uh, this past weekend to the Detroit Lions at Ford Field in Detroit. Uh, and this one was tough, uh, guys, because the offense is or was clicking as on as close to all cylinders, I think as we've seen all season long case Keenum threw for a season high, Kenny Britt had a career day. Kenny Britt was awesome. Um, Todd Gurley didn't quite go off to the extent that you had hoped that he did last week. He but had
0: best all season,
1: best all season. He did. He did get, there was one key play that they really, he really needed to cash in on, which was that uh, fourth and one on the goal line at the end of the second, uh, first half, excuse me. And, uh, they really needed to capitalize on that. That would have been the difference right there. Um, um, but then, of course, that and the late interception thrown by Case Keenum ultimately do the Rams in. Um, what takeaways? And I'll start with you, Brian, because I know you watched the game closely this week. Uh, what were some of the takeaways? Let's start offensively that you 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 saw from. I guess uh, let's let's start broad and ten thousand foot, mm-hmm. and we'll zoom in a little bit. Some of the things you saw in offense this week.
2: I saw a team that had options when they started off the game. Todd Gurley looked great. He was he was getting touched for the first time, three or four yards back. Thank you, Chris Spielman, for pointing that out. But it was <laughs> it was it was reg he was regularly deep into the defensive backfield before being touched. And then they were able to just do what they wanted. It, it never stopped from then on out until that last play where Case threw the interception. But it, it was it was all Rams on on offense. I mean he threw to seven different receivers at one point. He was dipping and dunking everywhere, and that shows me they were able to open up the playbook and it looked good. I mean, on that one touchdown where Case Keenum took it in himself, he made it look easy. It was fun to watch the offense fly. I don't think that's going to happen every week. I think the Detroit Lions are that bad on defense. But the offensive line didn't look like they had problems with anything. They played really well. They played really well. It was a complete game, so it was fun to watch that. Tony, offensively? Offensively, it was Kenny Britt. Honestly, that old man played a
0: hell of a game. He was making catches <laughs> down the field. Brian Quick, too. Brian Quick, too, but Kenny Britt had some catches down the field that were uh, some of the best catches I've seen all season. He had one one-handed catch that was for over 40 yards down the sideline. That Honestly, case A, put a ball in the place that only Kenny could catch it, and then Kenny came down with the ball as he has a defender on him. Kenny had a hell of a game. I will say what did not make me a fan of this team was the amount of penalties that were on the Bad. field. Bad. There were a lot of reasons. Really, I didn't know really this, but they were the penalties. second
2: in the league in penalties.
0: Yeah, it's it's a traditional team, uh, traditional Jeff Fisher stat line to be high in the penalized teams. He just has a team full of punks. Always has, always will. Kind of like
2: the victory formation. The,
0: the victory formation thing really made me angry more than anything. To watch them in the victory made formation. You angry. And I didn't catch this until it was after the game when I was watching highlights because I had flipped over at that point. But when Matt Stafford goes to kneel down and the Rams try to dive at the legs of the, of the, linemen? Of the linemen of Detroit. Awful. You, listen, you're not trying to win the game at that point. No, at no point are you trying to say, oh man, maybe I can cause a fumble. No, you're just trying to hurt
2: someone. And you know what? You, those guys are trying to go home to their families. Yeah. Last, it, last play of the game, you have no reason to do that. That's not sportsmanship it's a punk at move. all. It's a punk move. But that's. But then again, that's the second time this year that that's happened. When got, a guy like Donald doesn't get what he wants, he, he acts like that. Yeah.
0: Overall, Dangles, they should have won this game, man.
2: Yeah,
1: it, well, it was very much the offense because the defense didn't really play back spectacularly they sacked max stafford just one time mm. didn't force any interceptions uh on stafford whatsoever um and, and and actually an interesting note on the point of the uh the final snap of the game jeff fisher has since come out and apologized to jim caldwell um and he said he told he told uh, reporters during a call today that he did not direct his defense to do that that, that was something that that the defense took upon themselves to do i don't know which, if that's even worse. i don't know if that counts, right and that's dude. actually kind of what that i was going to ask you guys Right. Well, 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 that
2: goes back to what we were talking about last week, in which Jeff Fisher throws his guys under the bus. Yeah. Like to me, you don't you don't come out in the public and say, you know what, these guys did what I didn't tell them to do. You say, you know what, it's an interlock room thing. I'm dealing with it. Guys will be will be fine. That's very true. That's a good point. Because you know it's know I mean? all no, but it is all how you frame it. Because Bill but, Belichick would
1: frames that. this as. This is an issue where like you said we're dealing with within the locker room there was he wouldn't say he wouldn't say I didn't tell them to there might do be that he would say there was miscommunication between me and my defensive captain and we made the mistake as the coach that falls on me, and I'm going to try and rectify it. Instead, again, Jeff Fisher, being a scumbag, throws his players under the bus. Well, I didn't tell him to do that. And regardless, of what you you know, you have, your players are going to be players at the end of a game when you're losing by three. You. Tensions run high. People yeah. are going to get mad. People yeah. are going to push and shove. These are large men. Pushing each other around for a job with egos. Yeah. You can't throw your team under the bus like that, and and so but so so yeah. Uh, so so that that obviously he's he's addressed since then. Um, not a spectacular game for the Rams defensively. I, now I, I'm trying to think of things that I can p- sort of bring up that I was really impressed by the defense with.
0: And listen, Detroit's offensive line is not good. We saw Matt Off- Stafford lose his helmet last week. They didn't have sacked. a running
2: game. They yeah. didn't have a running back. The fact
0: game.
1: that he only got sacked once is miraculous. And when
0: Zach zanner's running the ball and you can't get to Matt Stafford and force him to make bad decisions. I don't feel good about this Rams team. Like at at even at 3 and 2 after losing last week, I felt like, well, this is a team that could, you know, if they shape it up, they could contend. The Lions suck, man. The Lions really I'm sorry, Brian, Not an but offense. the offense. not suck. an offense. No, I think period. The Lions suck. Detroit puts up garbage time points when they don't need to. They beat who? The Bears? Or no, they, they lose lost to, to the Bears, Bears. like Detroit is not a good team. The Rams, if you want to be a contender and not a 7-9 and nine fucking bullshit team, you need to beat these Lions. It's that
2: simple. I don't disagree, but I have to put a positive spin on it. You've got adjustments that you can make tangibly. If that defense plays a smidge better, they beat the Lions. Yeah. Simply put. Simply put.
1: Three and three uh, uh, to start the season now. Uh, according to ESPN, that is the fourth time in the last five seasons that the Rams have started uh, three and three. And pre ESPN, ESPN as well. Uh, the Rams have started three and three or worse in nine straight seasons oh so God. far. So this is again just par for At the course. At what you get sick of that? And I know, I know, and I feel like we just keep talking, you know, sounding like broken records here when, when you know, we talk about the Rams. But it's never from week to week to week when we've watched them, and this is one of the things that's frustrating me and something that's keeping me from being a fan. Um, is is just that inconsistency. The other teams like the Panthers, for instance, you can see consistent themes. Cam Newton's getting hit. He's not finding his receivers the same way that he was. There's a consistent theme of why they're not playing well. The Rams aren't just are just not executing on a couple plays when they need to and that's what's holding them back.
0: And yet they're still the only team in the league that has beaten Seattle.
1: Yeah? Yeah.
0: Seattle, which is a playoff team. For
1: that, I want to turn to Tony for a little bit uh, more information, I guess, in background as we try to uh, immerse ourselves deeper in this Ram team and get to know the players a little bit better. You may remember last week we spotlighted the offensive and defensive coordinators, as well as um, one of our favorites, uh, head coach Jeff Fisher. Uh, This week, we're going to turn to um, our quarterback uh, and take a look at the quarterback position and uh, University of Houston alum, Case Keenum.
0: So yeah, Houston Cougars, Case Keenum, he played there for five years, lost one year due to a medical reason. And three of those five years he played, he threw for over 5,000 yards in Houston. So the stats were there. Uh, Three three of those seasons as well, he had 44, 44, and 48 touchdowns. His senior year, he had 48 touchdowns and five interceptions for the year when he threw for 5,631 yards. That's ridiculous numbers in the college game. Production. Production, period. Case Keenum, it led him to be undrafted. An undrafted free agent that signed with the Houston Texans, which is crazy to me because I I, I remember watching Case in Houston. I thought he would be potentially a player. Undrafted to Houston. On August 31st, 2014, Keenum was waived by the Texans to clear roster space for recently acquired Ryan Mallett. He was claimed off waivers the next day by the St. Louis Rams. Mm. Uh, He didn't last long. He was waived uh, around this time, October 28th and 2014, in, new, in, in order to make room for the roster for the newly acquired safety Mark Barron from Tampa Bay. So uh, yeah, he's gone from the Houston Texans to the St. Louis Rams, then had a second stint with the Texans in uh, December of 2014, and then came back to the Rams in 2015 and has been here ever since. He was acquired from the Texans for a seventh round pick in, uh, in 2015. Um, I'm sorry. The pick was in 2016. He was acquired in 2015 and he was there to back up the recently acquired Nick Foles. Just a quarterback carousel over the NFL through shitty teams is insane. Um, so yeah, Keenum has been playing for the Rams for a while now. Uh, he hasn't been terribly great. But he's been just good enough to hold on to his job. And I will say, with Goff behind him, it is only a matter of time. He keeps on throwing these picks. Like, he had 19 straight completions in the game against Detroit guys. But these picks are going to catch up to him soon enough. Uh, his quarterback coach is a man named Chris Winkie. It's a second-year coaching uh, quarterbacks for the Los Angeles former Heisman winner out at, at Florida State. Interesting thing about Chris Winkie is that before he went to play college, Baseball. he was drafted by the Toronto Blue Jays and made it all the way up to AAA before he left that to go back to school and play for Florida State. He was and 24
2: years old, if I believe, if I, if my yeah. math is correct, when he was playing for Florida, State. and he had
0: a perfect season back in 2000 with the Florida State Seminoles. Yes, that's that's pretty impressive. He then spent time. He was drafted by Carolina, was there from 01 to 06, had his last season in San Fran in 07. Uh, He's actually spent time training high school and college quarterbacks in order to be prepared for the NFL game. He ran a business uh, uh, that specialized in that, made a lot of money, was training a lot of people that are playing in the NFL today. And now he sits as the QB coach for young Jared Goff and also the
1: pretty young Case Keenum. Uh, so that's our little Rams spotlight this week. We hope that it sheds a little bit of uh, light on, on the team. We'll continue to do this weeks throughout the year. For now, we want to move on to next week's game. Uh, this one's going to be jolly old London. in uh, jolly old London. Yes, Tony, <laughs> across the pond at uh, the famed Wembley Stadium in London. The Giants and the Rams uh, will go head-to-head. That'll be a 9 o'clock start for us here on the West Coast. I do love 9 a.m. football on It'll Sundays. It'll
0: be a 6 o'clock start for the West Coast. Will it? It's 9 o'clock for the East oh, Coast. Oh, you're right. Geez, yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm still on East Coast yeah, time. You're watching this from bed at the West I am going to have to keep it on real low with the closed captions so as not to wake the girlfriend up on Monday uh, or uh, on Sunday morning. Here we go. So, so, uh, well, Giants are favorited to win by three points. Uh, ESPN's uh, matchup predictor has the Giants at a 64.4% chance uh, to win this football game against the Rams. This is a tough game to uh, look ahead to, fellas. I, I, I don't really know what side I come down on here. Um, I, having just given the giants a gravestone and given how inconsistent the, the the giants have been so far this year, I think this is a game right for the winning for Los Angeles. I don't, really do. I don't.
0: I, I think when it comes down to it, this London trip is a different trip than any other team is going to make throughout the NFL. And it matters when your coaching staff can prepare you for it. And I don't have any they're faith. They're there
1: already. You know that, right? I
0: know that. And I don't have any faith in Jeff Fisher keeping his team in line and being able to prepare to play the New York Giants. Now, Ben McAdoo, the science teacher, he has some trouble as well keeping his team disciplined. But. Odell Beckham and crew. I think Odell hit his stride last week. Kicking that aside, I think the Giants destroy Los Angeles.
2: McAdoo's probably also the AV club uh, chair. But <laughs> I I think the Giants win. And, and And I think a big thing that comes into these games in London is traveling. The Rams haven't seen home in a while. They coming. They're going straight from Detroit to. They did go from straight Detroit to London.
1: Yeah, but they were they were the week before. They were at home against the Bills. Sure, but but long. the
2: Giants play played at home this past week. So the Giants go from their their clean beds to to going straight to London. I don't think the traveling is going to be as as a big of an issue for the Giants who go from New York to London as opposed to the Rams who are going from you know. To, a week ago, going to Detroit and Detroit straight to London. I think that plays a factor, in my opinion, especially when you consider they're not going to travel with a lot of their defensive players who have been hurt. You know, there's still there's still a couple guys. You know, Brockers and you know Quinn doesn't. Then we don't know if Quinn's going to play. So I I just don't see, I see the wear and tear not at add, not adding up in their favor. I I, I hey, look if you give that much credence to six hours on a plane,
1: that's your prerogative. Absolutely. it's more, I than, that. It's more I, than that. It's more than that. Six hours
0: on your body clock.
1: Well, yeah, but that you're going to be spending doing what? After a, a big, after Practicing, a big loss, eating, eating
0: breakfast, lunch, and dinner has all changed. Like your you got practice the whole week schedule for that. has changed, and got they
2: sightsee, and all this other shit. I got the whole week, the whole week see, to
0: write your shit. I don't see Jeff Fisher being able to get his team ready. It's for It's not Sunday. his problem. That is well, his problem. It's, it's not his team. Pro- pro- it's not
1: his problem to monitor their body clocks. Yes, it, yes, is. it is. It is his team. No, it's
0: not. You, your job as a coach. How much is money is he making? Your job as a coach is to get your team ready to play on Sunday and to put them in a position to win. Jeff Fisher is not going to be able to get his team ready on Sunday from the players. I understand, but those are the same players that try to take knees out during the victory formation because Jeff Fisher doesn't have a control on his play. team. Not to no, mention. No. The Jeff Fisher I'm so uh, I'm I, I'm so dead set against Jeff Fisher not having his team prepared for this it's the same thing as the West Coast team traveling to an East Coast team to play early in the morning when it's a 10 o'clock game on their bodies it's not gonna happen not uh, not the, to
2: mention the Jaguars the Jaguars are a team that have played almost every year I think the last three years in London, in London. Yeah. and and they talked are terrible yep but they talked about it who do they play they beat the Colts recall they in, yeah. in London a couple weeks ago they had said before that game started that they their familiarity with the process of going across the pond help. is a huge factor. So the Giants going from New York to London—they're London, just as unfamiliar with this process. Sure, though. but going from I have New more York faith to in them
1: getting ready for it, they I have
2: do. way more faith in, in in a team that played in played a, a, a big game and won in New York a day, two days ago, three days ago. As opposed to a team that hasn't seen home in in in, in over a week. Listen, well, don't, what, I, got it. what
0: I feel differently if the Rams had played better these past two weeks, of course. Oh, absolutely. But they've shown me who they are, and that is this seven and nine fucking bullshit. And I see this as an easy oh, loss. Try, well, it, try Dangles, more like six. To Dangles, quote the dude, to
1: quote the dude, Ten that's bullshit. like your opinion, man. And uh, <laughs> great I, quote. I think I think honestly, the Giants. I think the Giants did. are going to win because I, I think you guys are giving way too well, you much think, credence. Are the Giants are going to win? Or, I'm sorry, I think the Rams are going to win. I think you're giving way too much credence uh, to how good the Giants are. Hard, how prepared they're going to be for this game? For this game, and we're having we have two very inconsistent teams going up yes, against one another. I, I, I think it's very difficult to put your finger on who wins. I just I, I'm literally going with a gut feeling here because the Rams have been so back and forth, and it's hard to tell what they're going to do one week and what they're not going to do the next. Yeah, the process is probably going to be tough, and the trip's going to be hard on them. They'll figure it out, and one way or another, it's their job. I don't care how tired you are. I don't care if you haven't eaten your fucking breakfast. It is your job on Sunday to get up and go out and win, and that's why you get a paycheck with seven numbers on it so i don't give a shit how far you had to fly or how little sleep you got or whatever it's your job to be ready jeff fisher is it is his job to have his team ready and i think the inconsistencies it's just going to come down to who who has the one play at the end of the day who has that play that they need when they needed it and who doesn't when they don't and i think it's going to be los angeles at the end of the day on sunday And so we'll see what happens as they go to London. As we said, the team is already there. They'll be spending this week to prep and apparently shaking off the, like, eight tons of jet lag that Brian and Tony think that they're going to be having uh, uh, going over there. Uh, And we'll get to the rest of the games coming up in just a moment uh, as we round out the show on our week uh, seven picks. But first, uh, let's take a look at some of the injuries uh, with Brian on the injury report. (laughs)
2: All right, gentlemen. Injury report this week. We got some big news. Uh, let's start off with Terrell Suggs. I thought this one was interesting. A torn bicep, yet he's going to be back in a couple weeks.
0: That uh, deer antler spray in Baltimore is really working out. For That's him. He's crazy. Suggs.
1: He's a monster. Of course, he's going to be. And back. he to- he tore it sacking Eli Manning.
0: Yeah, he's he's a monster in the Space Jam way. It's a little bit of a. Uh, it's like the Rocky Four aspect of the monster over there.
2: What a, a beast!
0: Extra credit work by him.
2: What a beast! Uh, the second one, probably the injury that most people are talking about this week: Ben Roethlisberger torn meniscus. Uh, he's having surgery this week, and same out- injury. To the sideline: Adrian Peterson. Absolutely, yeah, I think
0: Adrian's was a little bit worse. I don't think it's a full tear
1: for
2: Ben. I, but I think still it was a slight tear, and I think it's just being cleaned up. That's, is still, what they that's said. still big, well,
0: big, big loss.
1: Either way, Steelers fans, never something you want to see on a Sunday is number seven in black walking towards the locker room and number three Landry Jones warming up on the but sideline. But doesn't this happen
0: every year with Ben? Doesn't every he miss middle, oh, yeah. middle of the oh, yeah. season games every year, and they seem to be okay by the end of
2: it? Had, like, the wonderful be pleasure, be fine. had the wonderful pleasure of watching Deion Sanders talk about that this week with LT, and it was beautiful. Deion Sanders, at the beginning of the season, if anybody recalls, uh, called that Ben Roethlisberger would be injured this time this year.
0: It's pretty, it's, it's like...
2: Like clockwork. Yeah, it's like, like betting clockwork. on black, man. It's going to happen. And last but not least, we have Justin Houston coming back for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, coming off a big win...
0: I think this is a big deal for them. Justin Houston is one of the unsung heroes of the NFL on the defensive side. He can turn a game around from defense. He's a Khalil Mack, J.J. Watt style player. Kansas City needs all the help they can get. They are 16 and two after the bye, but that doesn't mean they're going to be a good team there on out. But Houston can change that defense around.
2: And it couldn't happen any better uh, after a big win off at, at Oakland. I thought that was a really, really big win for them. But uh, that's it for injury report this week. Let's go into the picks. Let's do it. <laughs>
0: Here we are getting ready for our picks for the week seven of the NFL season. We are the Left Coasters. I am Tony Cavallo, followed by Matthew D'Angelo Antonio and Brian Balzarini. And as always, guys, if you want to email us, you can reach us at Podcast at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Instagram at theleftcoasterspodcast. Uh, last week, every one of us went seven and eight with our picks. Seven and eight, following oh, the Jeff Fisher way. Uh, that leaves Dangles in third place at 36 and 39. Uh, Brian in second at 41 and 34 and myself the king 42 and 33. Let's
2: do it. We've got Green this, Bay this Thursday night. We've Green got Bay. the gr- uh, is is Green, Green Bay, Bay Packers. playing this Thursday? Green Bay All right, I think we got the the Chicago Bears at the Green Bay Packers this Thursday. Dangles, what do you think? Uh, I'm
1: also going to go with the Packers, an upset team, mad about how dysfunctionally it played on Sundays. Talk about fucking dysfunctional. And beat the shit out of a crummy crummy Bears team that honestly is probably going to have to think about whether they're going to continue forward with Brian Hoyer because despite the fact that he's been good he's not been great. I don't know if you,
2: you switch him out for Jay Cutler though. That's how bad Jay Cutler is.
0: Listen, I will say I haven't been able to talk about Green Bay versus Dallas but I will say first and goal from the two you run with Eddie Lacy. You oh, do no not doubt. call a planned QB fucking draw with Aaron Rodgers in a five wide formation you fucking dipshit idiot Mike That's McCarthy. That's like Pete Carroll in the Super stupid level. Figure Wait. it out. Green Green Bay better beat the Chicago team.
2: Packers, come on now. Can't be stupid here. Uh, next, we have the Saints at the Chiefs. Tony, what do you think? Oh, that's
0: a good one. Saints at the Chiefs. Justin Houston returning. Saints just had the win of their season. Kansas City Carolina. favored
1: by seven in a line, if that helps you.
0: It doesn't, but I think I'm still going to go <laughs> with Kansas City
1: as am I. Uh, Justin Houston's a big help on defense. They're going to need a lot more out of Alex Smith if they have any desire of being a force in, I in agree the with AFC that. West. Uh, he's just—he's not throwing touchdowns. He doesn't have tools at wide receiver, uh, and his running back situation is unclear. But I still think they beat uh, a lowly Saints team that, despite coming off of a win against the Panthers this week, is not uh, that good.
2: What'll be interesting to see is if the Saints play well against a team that they'll be more equally balanced with, because I don't think the Chiefs are going to light up the, the scoring no, board no, so no. I, I don't think they'll be in a shooting match like they normally have but I, I'll go with the Chiefs next we have the Vikings at the Eagles
0: oh that's easy Vikings Eagles are falling apart wow that was quick
1: yeah I think I'm going to go with the Vikings too even coming off the bye um, I just I haven't seen anything yet to, I'm still looking for that weakness in Minnesota they're not a very high output team in terms of offensive yardage and that could come back That's to scared. bite them in the rear end at some point if because one at the point at which he, sam bradford really starts to get heat from a defense mm-hmm. then we're going to see what he's truly speaking made speaking of. of heat
0: from the defense though the eagles let up let ryan kerrigan get three sacks in the first half that right tackle that replaced that lane they're johnson missing lane johnson yeah. and that was um, a big hole in that eagles offensive line i think, in line. I think
2: I, he got i think he got busted for peds yeah he um, did that terrell sugg stuff Yep, I think I'm going to go with the Vikings, but what's going to be interesting to see what kind of coach Zimmer is on in the in the bye week because yeah. some coaches do really well, as we saw with uh, uh, Andy Reid, sixteen man. and two. Like,
1: are you kidding me? I think this is the true test. This week is the first real test the Vikings will face, and we'll know a lot
2: more about them as a squad after this week is over. Uh, next, we have. Didn't we just see this team, the Colts, at the Titans? Am I crazy? Didn't we just see that? No, I think you're
1: just getting uh, bogged down with all the By shitty the, football yeah, that we've shitty, had to watch out of the reviews. AFC it's South. It's always the Titans,
2: right? It's, it's always, it's the, always the
1: AFC South, oh, usually, God. is is what we're dealing all with. Right, this is... You- is- do you? What, this is really which hard. Which bottom feeder, um, feeder are you taking this? Uh, well, it's Tennessee's favored by three, uh, and I, I I, think I probably got to go with the line here. I'm, I'm going to take the Titans, only because Marcus Mariota has has started to come out, not only in terms of passing, but he's been running the ball very well the last couple of weeks. They've been able to skate by, and I think it's that Indianapolis is a team against whom you can just skate by and get it done. I'm going with the Titans. Honestly,
0: if you had to pick a team in that division that impressed you the most right now, Tennessee Tennessee looks the prettiest. Houston's not there. Indy's not there. Jacksonville's not there. I think Tennessee might sneak in and win this division. I'm not lying to you. I'm picking Tennessee in this game.
2: Uh, I'm gonna pick the Colts. I'm picking the Colts because I I don't think the Colts can stand to live with themselves with Frank Gore and Andrew Luck and lose another game. As 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 they have been, and I and I just think the Titans aren't that good. Yeah. I think they're okay, yeah. but I, I they're ready to lay an egg, and I think it's it's going to be the Colts because I can just see us next week talking about the Colts coming back. I can just <laughs> see that. I can just see that. We should
0: have been talking about this week. They should have beat Houston this week.
2: And I think those interdivisional those interdivisional matchups that we you know we we've, we've been commenting on. I think this is one of them. So I'm going to pick the Colts. Uh, next we have the Bills at the Dolphins, coming off a big win. We didn't talk about that. The Pittsburgh Steelers is was that all because of Big Ben or do you think the Dolphins are, are no, able uh, to sneak out a couple more wins here?
0: I think Pittsburgh has some real troubles with their defense that their high powered offense has been covering up and Miami really exposed that they can do whatever they want. And we against killed Pittsburgh them. So they're defense. not a
2: team that you wouldn't you would expect to do that. Absolutely.
0: I'm still picking Buffalo this week. This I don't know where it came from. I, I I think it's the most surprising thing in the NFL. The firing of that offensive coordinator when we thought that the defense was the problem, they've lit it up the past four weeks uh they're gonna beat this miami team that would make them five wins yeah they're five beat
1: this Miami team. it's been almost exclusively the running game though, yeah. that has done this for them not a whole lot going on in the passing tyrod's Ty, been Ty running Rod. He's, a been, lot. he's been running the ball a lot but it's really fallen on the shoulders of of shady mccoy and to a much lesser degree mike gillisley um i think the bills could very easily lose this week Uh, I think the Dolphins are riding high coming off of a win against the Steelers. And I think that that their run defense could give Shady McCoy some trouble. That said, I'm going to pick Buffalo.
2: All right. I'm also going to pick Buffalo as well. Next, we have the Redskins at the Lions. I'm thinking deep about this one. So you guys hit it up first.
1: Well, that's an easy one for me. I'm going to go with Detroit. Okay. they've uh, Really? Yeah. <laughs> you guys have okay. You guys have said that to me the last two weeks, and you've both picked against Detroit, and that's you've not both been wrong. Detroit,
0: Detroit is winning these games by luck that of the draw. It doesn't matter. A by win is a win is
1: a win, and every time you pick against them, you're wrong. <laughs> I never going, thought I'd hear you say I'm that. I'm picking Detroit this week because they've won the last two weeks against teams that they should have lost to, and this Redskins team is not as good as 4-2. I'm they're very due, sorry.
2: Though, which means they're do.
0: I agree. The Redskins are not as good as their record shows, but Detroit is terrible. I'm gonna stick to my Even guns here. They just here. won two straight games. I'm gonna stick to my. The Redskins have won four straight, and they're gonna make it five.
2: Okay. Uh, I you know what? I I don't think the Redskins have it in them, and I do think the Lions are are feeling good. I uh, the the talk around town and the videos I've seen, the interviews that I've heard, you're watching. You feel like the Lions are finally feeling like they're. They're supposed to win games like that. So I I feel confident the Lions are going to be able to win at home uh, and make it three in a row because then we can talk about the Lions next week. Um, (laughs) Next, we have the Browns at the Bengals. Bengals. Tony. Uh, This is
0: the week, guys. What? This is the week. Uh, The Bengals are really terrible. I'm not just saying that they're they're shooting below expectations. I think the Bengals are a really crappy oh. team. Uh, that offense is not clicking the same way. People are able to take A.J. Green out of a game, and then the only game he's really played well in is been against Pittsburgh. And you haven't seen it? And any- that Pittsburgh defense has been terrible. And it's, what have you heard about the right running now. game? Yeah, the running game is gone. Jeremy Hill, I think, is going to miss another week. And that defense, I'm sorry, that defense is not what it used to be. That defense is another team full of punks and starts and ends with that fucking middle linebacker Vontez Burfict. that was I, bad. I, I honestly I I don't say I think say he gives
1: this. that defense a bad name honestly. There I are don't, a lot I, of I, other good players like Reggie Nelson no, and Geno Atkins look, on that team that are
0: Fuck that. Fuck that. Adam Jones and and Vontes Burfict are enough for me to say you have a terrible defense led by terrible people cuz those are the the man calling the plays is Vontez Burfict. The man rallying the team is Vontes Burfict and that's also the man diving at Martellus Bennett's knees I don't and like stepping it on than the ball board, didn't, blood, didn't even even I wanted to reach through the TV and throttle him on Sunday. Clearly
1: taking shots at Patriot I don't, players. I,
0: I, I'm not. I'm not trying to sit here and be that hot take guy, but I honestly think he doesn't deserve to be in the NFL if he's going to play like that. Fuck you, Vontez. The Browns are going to beat you. Good night.
2: Unfortunately, I, I disagree. I do think the Bengals because they do have the red Browns rocket are just so bad. They, they they have the red rocket, and I'm actually not. This is not the week in in my opinion of the, for the Browns to pull off their. Let's go Browns. So it's going it, to be next week. I hope If anybody thought, place. if everybody thinks next week, it's going to be next week. But we'll get to that. Next we have the Raiders at the Jaguars. Yeesh, that'll be a high scoring game. Take the over. Bullshit, everybody. fucking! Did you see Blake Bortles? That was awful. He looked awful.
0: Oh, I just think Oakland's defense is bad enough that Jaguars can and score on them. I
1: don't think he looked as bad as as people. One think touchdown, he one
2: interception, nineteen for twenty seven, and, and he people were like, "That's." Boy, well, that's the best game he's had all year. It's a win for the jag. It's a win for
1: the Jaguars. He's he's their franchise quarterback. I mean, it, it, they'll take a win in in whatever fashion they can get it in down there. T.J.
2: Elton had his what was it his first? Oh, no, excuse me. Chris Ivory had his first touchdown. This yeah, this thankfully
1: for my fantasy team. <laughs> um, I don't know why I've continued to start him. So I, I need wins? to get my head examined. Yeah. I th- think the Raiders probably win this game. Oh, you could pull. The um, yeah, no, I, I well, I look, I, I always want to see the Jaguars win. I just don't think that they have it against the Raiders. Raiders, I just just don't see it.
0: I agree. If Oakland loses, they're in trouble. I'll tell you that right now, but I think Oakland bounces back and wins this game. I'm going to go with
2: the Raiders. Uh, Next, we have the Ravens at the Jets.
0: Oh, God. Uh, Ravens have shown that they're not a, a real team this year, but I still think they beat these lowly Jets that have clearly
2: quit on their team. Who's throwing the ball? That's the question.
1: Ravens shouldn't have lost to the Giants this past week, and uh, I I do agree with you. Don't event. think that they will. They shouldn't uh, have lost
0: to the Redskins last week either. Like this is a team that just seems to find ways to lose.
1: No, but they're still sitting at three and three, and in that division, given how unpredictable teams, you know, like the Bengals, for example, have been, uh, and you know who knows what the what things look like going forward with the Steelers. They have a tough matchup this week, which we'll get to momentarily. Um, I mean, the Ravens, they absolutely have to win. The Jets are terrible. Ryan Fitzpatrick, again, has zero touchdowns and 10 interceptions in the second half this season. We might see Geno. We might we saw we might Gino we Gino. saw Gino this week. Yeah, we might against see the him Cardinals. We may very well see him start a game because Fitzpatrick is not cutting it. And it's no.
2: not uncommon. It's not uncommon for a quarterback a team has yet to see this year come in and just light up the scoreboard. So uh you know, I, I still stick with the Ravens, but we shall see what that uh what that game holds with Gino. Next we have the Chargers at the Falcons.
0: Ooh, ATL's got to bounce back after that Seattle game that they They will. They
2: didn't they didn't get blown out. They, that's, that's a should, heartbreaker. They
0: should still be playing this game right now. Julio Jones uh got clearly interfered with by Richard Sherman on the final play of the game and there was no flag on the He's play. He's been
1: getting away with plays like that for a yeah, long time e- now.
0: He's though, made a career on that. Even though they flag fucking everything in the NFL, they can't find a flag on the playoffs. I that bet you play. if that was the
2: Lions, that would have been a, that 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 would have been a call.
0: But yeah, ATL I think they bounce back and they win against this pesky Charger team.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I think you saw an anomaly last week in San Diego, uh, and the, with the Chargers winning, I think that uh, yes, I, I I absolutely agree with Tony. Uh, we're not we're not different a lot here, guys. This week Atlanta will bounce back. In we're not San different
0: Diego. a lot. Is is the NFL getting easier to pick, or are we just all dumb together? I think we're all dumb
1: together.
2: Okay. I don't know, man. Like I'm I'm trying to f- trying to th- come go out on a limb on a couple of these, but. You know, in Atlanta, if that were in San Diego, I'd pick San Diego. But I'm going to go with the Falcons on this one. Uh, Next, we have the Buccaneers at the 49ers.
1: Boo. Boo. Do I have to choose one? Yeah, you do. Boo. Keep in
2: mind, too, the Buccaneers are coming up. You know what?
1: Let's get, ball- Let's get ballsy. I'm going to I'm gonna pick the 49ers to win this game. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. Kap- Kaepernick is... I know. That's a... Is, All right. Here's the it's thing. A sad, it's a sad pick. He's going to start again next week, it sounds like. As welcome, should.
0: welcome back to the NFL, Colin Kaepernick. You still stink at football. All right? You've lost your mojo. you lost your touchdown passes fastball. he
1: threw on Sunday it hit was like in the a lame duck, like, heave yeah. up in the air to... To Tory Smith and it's a wide miracle receiver that, stopped. Yeah. Like he turned just turned around and, caught caught it and back then ran across it the was, field it, and beat the rest it, it of the was defense. Almost, I've never seen worse blown coverage this season. It was almost
0: as bad as Trevor Simeon's Hail Mary attempt at the end of his game on Thursday night. I'm going uh, against San Fran and I'm going with I honestly don't even know who they're playing. Who are they playing? Tampa Bay. <laughs>
2: yeah. We're going to go with Tampa Bay. We're going to go with Tampa Bay. All right. Next we got the Patriots at the Steelers. Oh man. See,
0: this, this is a tough one. This would have been the game of the week right? guys. This would have been the game of the week if Big Ben didn't tear his meniscus, man. I think New England wins easily. Landry Jones, he honestly, I think he's a decent quarterback, but you ain't going to beat New England.
1: Even in Pittsburgh, I agree. I think uh, I think the Dolphins did do a lot to expose some serious holes, as Tony said earlier, in, uh, Steelers, in the Steelers' defense this week. And uh, I think you're going to see Tom Brady, who's still back and still mad and still as good as ever, saying that he feels as good now at 39 as he did, even better, in fact, than he did at 29. My boys walk home with another victory in this.
0: To all the listeners at home, you guys should look up the New England Patriots and what they did at Gillette Stadium with Brady's entrance onto the field. If you guys remember the WWF when Goldberg was in there, they had a Goldberg-style entrance from Tom Brady coming out of the locker room with Kamina Barana playing, leading into Ozzy Osbourne and Crazy Train. It was awesome. Go Brady. I
2: nice, it. nice. Uh, I'm going to go with the New England Patriots as well with Ross Roethlisberger. That's a whole different conversation, but unfortunately, we're going to be watching Landry Jones on his back a lot. Yeah. Uh, next, we have the Seahawks at the Cardinals. Is that the Sunday night game? Uh, yes, it is. Yeah, uh, finally we have a Sunday night game we can watch. I'm looking at an even score line uh, between these em.
1: two teams. Wow. It is a pick'em. They are uh, they are even right now, and this is difficult. Um, 28 to three win over the Jets on Monday Night Football this past week. But what this did you game think is of in this game is in Arizona as well. Yes. Uh, Carson Palmer did go out with a hamstring injury. Um, I.
0: Yeah, at this at this time we at don't know if point, he's going to be playing, point, but we, we should assume he we is. We don't
1: know. We're gonna let's let's assume that he's playing. Um, even so, even so, I'm going to go with Seattle. They're the top defense in the league, uh, and Carson Palmer has not been himself this year. And really, the one the one person who has been the the linchpin for that entire offense has been David Johnson. When he plays well, the Arizona Cardinals win. And when he doesn't show up on the stat sheet, the Arizona Cardinals lose. It's pretty much that simple. Maybe with the exception of Larry Fitzgerald having himself a day every every now and again. But David Johnson is what makes that offense go. And if he's not firing on all cylinders... They don't win. Uh, and I'm going to go with Seattle. In Seattle, that's going to be a tough environment. I'm sorry. No, it's, a, it's I'm sorry. In it's in Arizona. You're right. I'm still going to go with Seattle.
0: This is an interesting game because Seattle was falling apart during that Atlanta game. They were arguing on the sidelines between each other. And Pete Carroll actually had to go over to his defense twice during the game to calm them down. Now, obviously, you want your defense hyped up and ready to play, but you don't want them yapping at each yeah, but that's other also against the Atlanta before Falcons. they take the field. Keep that in mind. Well, Atlanta Falcons is a good team, but I think Arizona's a really good team as well, just started off this game shooting themselves in the legs starting off this season at least um this is a tough one man i oh man i think arizona is trending up and i think seattle is a damn good team but i think arizona will have their number this sunday night and uh i think arizona wins
2: i'm going to the arizona too i was about to say i was gonna say tell you that I was going with Arizona if that affects your opinion at all.
0: Oh, I wouldn't mind going against you because I want to keep beating you in our stats things yeah, but I, think well, I'll I was. Do gonna, that alone.
2: Well, I I picked Arizona in my head before you even said anything so. <laughs> Next we have the Texans at the Broncos. The
1: Texans get another primetime game Unbelievable. Unbelievable. on Monday night. Yes. <laughs> Sunday night followed by Monday night. God
2: damn it. I'm going who, with
0: Denver. Who in Houston is paying off the NFL to get all these primetime
1: games? What well, the that's hell what is happens when you spend
2: big in the free agency. Like people uh. people get big ideas about how great you're going to be it in the, felt middle of the season. A lot of good it did and their best player is hurt.
1: He's not even on the field.
2: Did you but did, uh, let, let's talk about players that are, you know, free agents that are, have been d- doing really well for them. Lamar Miller looked great yeah, for them finally,
0: this week. Yeah, finally. Finally, Lamar looked Yeah, Miller it's clicked. about it is about time. Again, ah. this was against Indy's defense
1: though. Sure. Like, I'm still going to go with Denver in this one. I think this was a fluke in San Diego. I think I said that already and I don't have any reason to believe that Brock Osweiler and company are actually going to make a dent in this Denver defense.
0: Yeah, I don't think Brock has what it takes. I do think Denver bounces back. Uh, Yeah, go Broncos.
2: I'm going to go with the Broncos. um, But that's the schedule this week. (laughs) We're done.
1: That was fast. (laughs) We had a lot to talk about this week. We did have a lot to talk about this week, and we're always so glad uh, that you guys are here to join us uh, for us. By the way, thank you to those of you who have stuck with us through six weeks of this so far. Uh, We're having a blast with it. We hope you guys are enjoying it, too. And thank
2: you for all the emails, everybody who's contributed. Pat. Yeah, uh, Alex, and everybody. everybody, thank, thank you only, so much for all your support. We really do appreciate this it.
1: This only gets more fun when we have more participation and more evol- involvement from you guys. Uh, don't forget to send in your gravestone pics for this week um, and uh, any questions you might have. If you want us to do a merry Fuck Kill like we did on Pat's question today, uh, email us theleftcoasterspodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at theleftcoasterspodcast. Did I forget anything? Is that it? Did we do, do it? I think that's good. All right, guys. Hey, listen, thank you for tuning in. Subscribe to us on iTunes, um, and if you haven't done so already, so you'll never miss another episode again. Uh, He's Tony Cavallo. He's Brian Balzerini. I'm Matt D'Angelo Antonio. Uh, We are the Left Coasters, and until next week, ram it, ram it.